We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hi everybody, welcome to the pilot episode of Gaming with the Moms. Brought to you by Pixelkin.org. My name is Nicole Tanner, and I'm a mom of a three-year-old. I'm also joined by Linda Brenneman, a mom of... Oh, my kids are older now, 27 and 24. Cool. But we played games a lot. We still play games a lot. Awesome. And then I am also joined by the equally fabulous (laughs) non-moms... Simone de Rochefort and Courtney Holmes. The childless Courtney and Simone. That's us. I'm Simone de Rochefort. I'm a video editor at Pixelkin.org. I'm Courtney Holmes. I'm the associate managing editor at Pixelkin.org. So thanks so much for joining us here. Now, Simone and Linda, you guys did something really cool recently. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes. It was amazing. (laughs) It was a dream night. Basically, we got to go to a game night at Penny Arcade. Penny Arcade is this uh, webcomic, and they've since launched um, a convention called PAX, which happens in Seattle every year. It started in Seattle. And, like, 80,000 people come, and it's crazy huge and awesome. And we got to go to the offices of Penny Arcade to play games with the staff there. And it it was just the nicest office I have ever been in. Oh, my God. (laughs) It was... The dream office, I think, of any millennial that lives. <laughs> um, they took us around and showed us, of course, their stocked refrigerator and their video game their playing station. Pac-Man machine. Their Pac-Man machine, their um, ping-pong machine. And then they took us downstairs and showed us their warehouse space, which has all this, you know, PAX merchandise from all their mm-hmm. gaming right. conventions. And... Um, yeah, nice people too. Yeah, so we got to play board games with them, and I, I thought we were—I thought we were going to play Bang. So I was really prepared to play Bang. Bang is one of my favorite card games. It's actually incredibly easy to learn. I've explained it about ten bajillion times to people, and I totally recommend it. Uh, but we ended up playing a game called Ladies and Gentlemen, which no one knew the rules to, which was an interesting experience. <laughs> that they were trying really hard, like they were watching <laughs> YouTube videos. And- <laughs> They were going through wow. all the different yeah. brochures, which they couldn't find the English one. There was Dutch oh, no. and French and German. Well, and, those always seem like they're written in a foreign language anyhow. Oh, yeah. yeah. They there, were. There was a war between reading the rules from the, the manual and fo- looking up a video on YouTube. And uh, just FYI, YouTube is always the best way to figure out how to do anything. Just of look it up. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> Have a real human explain it to you. All right, great. Well, it sounds like you guys had a great time. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to transition into the news segment. What's new in oh, the world of family gosh. gaming? Baseball has just started. So Yay. MLB yeah. The Show is out. I think MLB The Show, from what I've been able to tell, is not the most popular sports game out there. Oh, really? Um, I think FIFA and Madden, the Madden oh, games. Oh, well, yeah, those are super popular. Way more popular. Mm-hmm. But for baseball. But for baseball, um, there, there's a couple other baseball games, but they're not the MLB baseball games. And right. so that's that's where you get all the major league players yes. and mm-hmm. you get to um, organize your team the way you want it. And um, I had um, noticed that they released MLB 15 the same week basically as um, opening day of real baseball season. Which yeah, I makes think they sense. do that every year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is there fantasy baseball? Like there's fantasy football? Is that a thing? Yeah, huge. It's huge. Wow. <laughs> there are millions and millions of people who play fantasy wow. baseball. What? Yeah. Yes. I wonder if you could like use the video game and with your fantasy team somehow. I don't, I don't sure. know how that works. I don't know. I think they're a little bit different worlds, but um, yeah, we should have a guest on at some point that could yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Anybody who knows me knows I know absolutely zero about sports, and I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every year um, I think the people who make Madden have a game. They hold a game to predict the outcome of the Super Bowl. Yes, and, they do. Yeah, I think that they've been pretty right so far, which is disappointing for me as a Seattle person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I blame Madden for the outcome of the last Super Bowl. Yeah. So some of the other stuff that's going on is uh, we found out that the Xbox One sucks a lot of your power. Oh, my gosh. uh, If it's in its standby mode. 
So yes. basically the Xbox One, it comes with a default instant on mode because it has the voice activation. So you say Xbox on, it'll turn on. Um, if you want it to not suck up, I think basically 40% of its power usage happens when it's in rest mode um, waiting for you to turn it on. So if you go into the settings and the um, energy settings and turn it turn that instant on mode off, it will suck a lot less power. Basically our consoles use a huge amount of power. Uh, which I've definitely noticed since I now have a PlayStation 3 and a PlayStation 4 in my home. I, I feel like my energy bills have yeah, yeah. ticked up a little bit. The other thing you can do about the Xbox is just turn it all the way off. Hey! isn't a hard a- thing to do. You just <laughs> hold down the power button a little bit longer and it turns off. Oh, and yeah. don't, you know, leave it on the menu while you're deciding yeah, what to play. Exactly. Or- <laughs> I, think, I think I've left my Xbox in sleep mode like once. Yeah. And it was actually in the last week. Because Anna decided we need to yeah. go upstairs and do something. And I didn't want to turn it off because I knew we were coming back. Yeah, so, that's just life. That'll happen. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not that hard. I, I, you know, get up off the couch. Go yeah. press the button. That's all you have to do. I have to get up <laughs> off the couch, Nicole? Yeah. Sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's not what gaming is about. Can you turn it off from the controller or do you have to press the button on the console? Do you know? Um, I think... You know what? I'm not sure. I about always, that. yeah, I do. I turn it off from the controller, yeah. so then I don't have to get up off the couch, which That's, is yeah, it's an important. Yeah, well, if you hold the button down on the controller, it'll give you the option right. to turn off the console. Yeah. Yeah. So, gotcha. Yeah, so you know, it's not a big, as big of a deal as you would think it is. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, so what else is going on? The Brown University study that yeah. came out this week is pretty interesting. They did, it's a pretty small study. There were only 18 participants, but they found out that these gamers in the study retained visual lessons better than non-gamers, which I found really interesting. Uh, they had them perform two visual activities, and usually if you do two different visual activities, one after the other, you'll do far worse on this on I think the first one because you're still you're learning the second one when you repeat them. So they found out that the gamers actually improved the on these activities when they came back and did them the second day, whereas the non gamers did not improve. And I just found that crazy interesting. And Linda, you were talking about yeah. how your kids can see things in games that you can't see. Yeah, I've I've been playing games with my kids, um, things like Portal sometimes, and sometimes a Zelda game where there's a lot going on on the screen, and they'll I, I'll get stuck. I won't know what to do, and they'll like point at something and describe something and I honestly cannot see mm-hmm. what that is. I all I can see is like a color or something. Mm-hmm. And they're able to interpret that visual cue in a way that I just can't because maybe I didn't grow up interpreting video game screens. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's but. interesting. I because I, I feel like that definitely when you grow up gaming, when you grow up with a certain medium, you have an affinity for using that medium. What's really interesting to me about this study is that it kind of shows that that can happen, that can apply outside of games as well. I'm not sure what the activities that they did were, but I would really like them to continue this study with more participants and see what the outcome is. Yeah. And another thing I think about gaming that um, relates to the visual is that visual memory thing, mm. which is so important to be able to orient yourself and know where to go and remember where you have already been yeah. in life is really important mm-hmm. when you're driving somewhere or walking somewhere. <laughs> yeah. um, and video games really help you hone that yeah. and yeah. get better at that. Um, so something else new, uh, Project Spark, which is a game that was made by Microsoft released last fall, is a Sort of a game and sort of not. It's uh, basically a program that you can use to make your own games. And at E3 uh, last year, E3 is the Electronic Entertainment Expo. It's a big convention that takes place every year about video games. They had a nice trailer for Project Spark. And at the end came Conquer, which is an old school character. Now, if you know anything about Conquer, Conquer started out as like this really sweet squirrel. Like he's a wonderful squirrel. And then (laughs) they decided to make a game that would let you know what was really going on in his head. And it was called Conker's Bad Fur Game, and it was released for the N64. And everybody loved it. Everybody loved it. It made fun of games. It was, you know, Conker's going around swearing all the time. And I you, heard there was potty humor. Oh, lots of it. <laughs> yeah. The game starts with he's, he wakes up with a hangover. 
basically. That's oh, how the game starts. They did this to a sweet squirrel they character? They did this to a sweet squirrel character. I don't know if I like this. I yeah. was not allowed to have this game when I was a kid. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I can hear that. So anyhow, Project Spark is going to have Conquer DLC, which is coming out later this month. So there's two types of DLC. One is a actually a new Conquer game. It's called Conquer's Big Reunion. And right. it is oh my gosh. of the same <laughs> caliber is as it? Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Yes. But Nicole, how can they do that? Because Project Spark Spark is rated E10 plus, right? But the ESRB doesn't rate DLC. <gasps> oh, so if you don't oh. know, DLC stands for downloadable content. content. Yeah, so that's like bonus extras you can get that um, expand the game you already have. And sometimes it's just stuff like cool colored armor for your characters. And yeah. sometimes, like this instance, it's much bigger. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, are ten-year-olds going to be exposed to the bad conquer? <laughs> Potentially. I mean, yeah. you know, have to watch uh, out but there's for that. also. A different DLC, which gives you um, 350 different ax- assets from Conquer to use in Project Spark wow. to build your own stuff. And the, the DLC was actually built in Project Spark. It's not like they built the game and then you download it. It's built with everything that you can use in Project Spark. And this is a um, official like Microsoft thing that they're it's doing? It's an official Microsoft thing. Um, no. It comes out on April 23rd. Uh, the game part, if you just want the game part, it's $5. If you want the whole creation thing with the assets, mm-hmm. it's $10. Can you just get the creation thing or do you have to get both? Well, no. The big the big uh, package comes with the game and uh, the creation assets and a few other things. Um, so you can make your own Conquer the Squirrel game. Yeah, you can have <laughs> Conquer the Squirrel as a character that you make a game around in Project That's Spark. So in- this seems so – like. I, I get that it's a, a cult thing, but why why bring it into Project Spark? What do you think the reasoning behind that was? I think people just love it so yeah. much. Like he's been he was hasn't been around since yeah. the N sixty four and everybody loved that game and it was like, Where's Conquer? Mm. Where's Is that Conquer? the audience for Project Spark though? I think partially. Yeah. yeah. You know? There's a lot of older so like people. Yeah. Developing 30, 40-year-old yeah. game – or people who want to Well, you don't have games. to be that old to have I seen Conquer. <laughs> I'll be real. Thanks a lot, I Simone. have no concept of when the N64 came out. <laughs> N64 was my console when I was growing up. That was that well, was a big deal in my house. As you all yeah. know, Courtney is an octogenarian. It's so. true. <laughs> I am, in fact, 85. Thank you. This wow. year. Thanks for doing yeah. that math. And that yeah. makes us – Good Lord, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> so to revise my earlier statement, uh, 20s and 30s? Yeah, there you go. That's a little, that's a little bit better. <laughs> um, Came out in 1964, right? That's why it's called the N64. No. Obviously. Yeah. No, no, no. All right. I'll, I'll save my violent behavior towards you for another time. Um, Please. And speaking of bad behavior... We had a great article on Pixelkin this week written by Jason DeCanter, who is a fabulous oh, contributor, yes. talking about all the bad behavior that happens in online games and why it happens and why parents should be involved. Mm-hmm. And basically what the deal is, is lots of people are nasty online. And even the people who aren't nasty feel like they have to be nasty in order to fit in with mm-hmm. their guild, their group, their Whatever. Yeah, I, I'd say especially younger people. Yeah, um, when they they're trying to fit in, and um, it's peer pressure. It's just like real life. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But in online gaming, it's probably worse because most of the time people are anonymous, right. and they they don't have to kind of pay the price. Yeah, I yeah. I really like this because I I think it does. It is exactly like real life. You know, when you're at school and you run in with. A crowd that you don't, your parents don't necessarily approve of, say. But the, I like you said, the difference is that there are not necessarily the same repercussions that there would be if you're going around at school swearing and smoking cigarettes. I'll be, I was looking at <laughs> yes. YouTube videos of a game called Rocket's New School last night. It's this game that came out in the '90s about this middle school girl who goes to school, and there was this great scene where she had to like make a choice about uh, meeting this quote-unquote, bad girl who asked her to go across the street and buy some caffeinated beverages and she was going to teach her how to smoke. Anyway, so that's what's on my mind right now. But That sounds quite a bit like your childhood. I know, exactly. <laughs> Growing up in a small town. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like that, I think. Yeah. Except that no one, no teacher is going to come out and tell you, hey, you're making a bad choice. Your parents might not even necessarily know about it, which is why I think parents need to be involved in kids' online lives without necessarily panicking, I guess, because yeah. of 
things like micromanaging. That. Yeah, yeah. Like that. It's totally worth remembering that people of all ages are more likely to do or say something mean if they're surrounded by other people who are doing and saying things that are mean, especially if they like those people because mm-hmm. yeah. it kind of normalizes that behavior. So being able to step in or be aware of like the the kinds of impulses that your teens might have or the community that they're in and then just talking to them and interjecting like what Jason did when he sent the the guild member a message that was like why did you make this rape mm-hmm. joke this doesn't seem like you yeah um yeah. that's yeah you have to yeah talk about it and i think one thing parents can do is um ask find out whether their kids can maybe join a different guild if they're in a guild that has that kind of norm of behavior mm-hmm. where it's acceptable to make jokes like that or be really mean to everyone else. There's other guilds that have kind people in them. Yeah, definitely. And um, you can work with that and still allow your kids to do this online gaming that they love. Mm-hmm. Just to jump in quickly too, so a guild is a group of people that can be anywhere in the world, but they work together within the game to accomplish certain mm-hmm. tasks. It's very common in games like World of Warcraft. It's basically a team. Yeah, basically yeah. a team. Yes. Or a club. Often you can become pretty close friends with your guildmates. Mm-hmm. So right. um, it is worth noting, it can be hard to just walk up and say like, well, join a different guild. Sometimes that works and sometimes it's harder because they already have this emotional connection with these people. So yeah. mm-hmm. you have to figure out what's going on by talking to your kid and come up with a solution right. that works but for also, them. But also, as a mom, um, I wasn't the strictest mom in the world, but I think it's perfectly appropriate to say to your 14-year-old, you can't play with those people anymore. If you want to play at all, you're going to have to find mm-hmm. a different group to play with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Just true. like you would say about friends exactly. down the street. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think, um, and another thing I think that people often forget about is that even if the moderators of the game aren't incredibly responsive, it's always good to report bad behavior that you find um, just in the, in the hopes that someday the culture will shift. Um, people do take advantage of anonymity online, but there are um, structures in place to deal with that kind of toxic behavior, even if they're not necessarily always the most effective. So yeah. And some Report. games are better than others. Yeah, right? League of Legends yeah. is actually making huge strides to um, make players less crappy yes. in gameplay. League of Legends, notorious for yes. having a very bad community. But the great thing about that game is that you don't really have to pay attention. Yeah. To you can just yeah. turn the chat off and just play how you want to play. Yeah. That's always another option yeah. to block people or yeah. Yeah. turn off. Well, what they've been doing is for people who are really brutal with the smack talk, they've been limiting their their chats. So I think giving, giving them a character limit, if I'm not mistaken, um, which is perfect because, I mean, that's how they take advantage of people. That's how yeah. they are harassing people is through chat. So limiting the chat limits their ability to be rude Rude meanies. <laughs> yeah. And then there are games like Hearthstone, um, which doesn't – it has chat sort of, but you have like six predefined things that you can say. <laughs> you can't say anything else. And they, they vary from character to character. So if like you pick to say hello, some of them will be greetings. Some of them will be, you know, other stuff. Mm-hmm. But right. you can't pick anything nasty or the, – the worst thing you can do is taunt – Again, which is different for the character. It's like, my magic will tear you apart. (laughs) (laughs) Things of that nature. Um, It's rough stuff. Yeah, but I love that kind of stuff. I know years ago, um, I don't think it ever really came to fruition, but there was an MMO that Disney was putting together, and it had the same type of thing. Like, you could only pick from a a list of predetermined stuff in order to chat, which I thought was a great idea, especially for kids. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, There's a little bit of that in the Wii U as well. Um, When I was playing Mario Kart online with my friend who lives in Montreal, which was really cool to be able to play this game with him, even Mm -hmm. though we're really far apart and haven't seen each other in a couple of years. Um, We had the option to turn our microphones on and off, which I think you can switch to permanently off in parental controls. Mm -hmm. And then our little Miis had little speech bubbles, and we could choose from a few options. They were things like, I can't wait to race you. Or like, I'm going to beat you this time. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal smack talk, Corey. (laughs) I know. Um, Very, very cool. So speaking of playing, let's go around and talk about what we've been playing lately. Who would like to start? 
I'll start. Uh, of course you will. Yay! Because <laughs> I actually played something this week. I played Life is the first two chapters of Life is Strange this weekend, and that's an episodic game um, from Square Enix. And it's really interesting. It's rated M, so I wouldn't um, re- necessarily recommend it for kids. Uh, there's you know drug use and alcohol and stuff. But it's about a teenage girl who moves back to her small town, and she's dealing with typical teen stuff like we were talking about earlier, fitting in with certain crowds, meeting old friends who have kind of gone down a bad road and she in the midst of all this finds out that she can rewind time so what you can do is sort of use that ability to make the right conversation choices um or the wrong ones and so you can basically have a conversation with someone realize you said the wrong thing rewind two minutes and redo the whole thing again which I would have loved to be able to do in high school or even right now. Yes. Um, yeah. So, And that was a really interesting experience. The dialogue was a little um, – they, they tried to do some teen speak and it, it went Still awry did. in places. <laughs> yeah. Square Enix is kind of bad about their dialogue in lots of their games. Yeah. It didn't necessarily get in the way of the the story. Like, the end of episode two got really emotionally heavy, and I made some horrible choices that I could not take back, which I now have to live with for the rest of my life. Ah, but um, <laughs> in the midst of that, there's, like, hella yeah, which is something that I don't think I've ever heard a teenager say. <laughs> <laughs> hella yeah? Hella yeah. I mean, I said hella all the time in high school. Exactly, but, but you yeah. said it right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I was hella good at using hella. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The ironic thing about this is that now I'm going to say it because I'll be imitating the game and it's going to eventually become correct speech. So good one there. They they pulled the time trick on me. Trendsetter. <laughs> yeah. Slang yeah. trendsetter. What are you playing, Linda? Well, um, after Easter dinner or during or before <laughs> – uh, we loaded up Chariot. Chariot? Chariot, yeah. Chariot, which was a game that you had recommended. Oh, yes. Um, I downloaded it on the Xbox One, and um, we tried to play that game. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. You really we, have to work together. You do. And yeah. you, we passed the controller around, and everyone took turns kind of trying to get this king's sepulcher. Sepulcher, yeah. Up these um, platforms, and there's puzzle solving. Um, there's a lot of platforming. There's a lot of going backwards and trying again. <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of yelling and coaching the thing that and gets screaming. Me about that game is how huge each of the areas are. Like, it is huge. It's so yeah. intimidating. You don't have to explore everywhere, but it's, it's yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. So just to give a quick background. Chariot um, has a very grim present <laughs> premise for something that is so kind of cutesy and the art style and the gameplay is really not objectionable at all. But you play as a princess and her fiancé who are trying to get her father's remains to their final resting place. Mm -hmm. When they go to the first place, the king's ghost pops up and says, this isn't good enough. Go put me somewhere else. He did that a few times. (laughs) Yeah, he does it a few times. I wanted him to Go be quiet. Yeah. (laughs) And also, too, he tells you, find me, you know, find me a new place, but let's pick up some gold along the way. Right. Um, So the king was obviously a wonderful person in real life. (laughs) This is like the alternate ending. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So uh, each character has a rope that is attached to this chariot and you can pull or you can push you can you know do lots of things with it so you can jump from it onto the you can the jump from it you can ride on it down steep you know oh, embankments yeah the riding on it is fun yeah, yeah, yeah. until you get to the part. bottom and you find out you're going to fly off the cliff um but yeah so it's a really cute game it's um difficult <laughs> it's but it's difficult. fun for a group but it's fun it's yeah. very fun for and a group. it's great for like i think for a parent and a child to sit down and play together yeah mm-hmm. so for sure um, what have I been playing? I've been playing Hearthstone. I always play Hearthstone. You mm-hmm. will always hear me say I play Hearthstone. <laughs> <laughs> because it is my decompress game at the end of the day after dealing with a toddler all day. Isn't uh, that kind of a card? It is a card game. game? It's it's yeah. from Blizzard, which are the same people who make World of Warcraft. And it's sort of along the lines, like, I don't know if the characters are actually in Warcraft. They're all all over the place. You got ogres, you got demons, you've got all sorts of things. Um 
you've had six character classes that you can choose from. And in each of those character classes has different cards that are special special for that character class. Um, and then there are cards that anybody can use too. So it's all about crafting the right deck. Um, and you play against other people. Uh, that's really pretty much the only way you can play. They have some single-player modes, and you can practice against the computer, but that's it. You're usually playing against other people. That sounds really nice. It's awesome. I love yeah. that game. Like, uh, And it's free. It is free to play. You can buy things in it, but... You don't have to. You honestly don't have to. Blizzard is the only company I've ever seen who has actually done free to play right. Yeah, you, yeah, it's a blast. Have you spent money in it yet? Or I did. I yeah. did spend some money in it because, personally, for me, I feel like if I love a game so much and I'm enjoying it so much, I owe it to the developer. Yeah. yeah. So, and then besides that, I've been uh, watching my daughter play lots of apps. Um, because I do a column on Pixel King called Anna's Apps, which I recommend apps for preschoolers. So my research for that column involves downloading a bunch of apps, throwing the iPad at my daughter, and just letting, her, <laughs> letting her go for it. Um, so she's a product tester. She right? is, That's absolutely. Cool. And she's, she's a wonderful product tester. She has actually broken some of the really? Daniel Tiger apps. <gasps> like, crash them. Absolutely right out crash them. And like... That's awesome. And so I watched her one time to see what she was doing, and she did the same thing that she did before. Crashed again. She totally should have been in QA for that game. <laughs> so she's going to be, be making some money. Off this. I know yeah. exactly. Um, so she's been playing a bunch of stuff. I downloaded a bunch of new um, Sego Mini stuff, which I talked about some Sego Mini stuff in the last column. But they have a ton of apps, so I download a bunch of new ones, and I just ask her like, which one's your favorite? And she was able to respond right away, and she pulled it up and she showed me. What was going on in it. So Nice. So yeah, that's fun. And another funny Anna story I have. She was sitting in our downstairs rec room, um, playing the iPad on the couch. So I'm like, Oh, she's playing the iPad. I'll get up okay. and play some Fantasia while she's doing that. Uh Fantasia Music Evolved is a motion game where you're basically supposed to be a conductor, but you're moving your arms all over the place. Um and then as I was playing that, she said to me, Mommy, I can't play. That's too loud. It was encroaching on her being able to play her game. That's always wonderful when your three-year-old tells you that. <laughs> yeah, quiet down, mom. Exactly. I'm busy. That's, that's what it was. was just, that's amazing. She mm -hmm. is a handful and is going to continue to be so, I'm sure. Yeah. Courtney, what have you been playing? I have been playing uh, Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery EP. Um, which I bought. That is a heck of a name. Sword and Sorcery. Sorcery. Yeah, <laughs> with an extra W. Um, <laughs> I, I bought it months ago and I didn't really get around to playing it. And then Anita Sarkeesian just covered it recently in oh. the first installment of. She has a new video series all about strong female protagonists in games. And I watched the beginning of the video and then there was a part that's like, now if you want to keep watching, you should know there's spoilers. And I was like, oh, I want to finish this video. So I guess I go better play the game. <laughs> So I went, and I'm really liking it so far. Uh, What's at, the gameplay like? Uh, so you, uh, the whole world is very pixelated, but it's really pretty. Um, and there's just this awesome interactive soundscape that goes with it. And um, it's it's sort of this high fantasy, and you're wandering around um, and trying to get to this ancient uh, steal. The first chapter, you're stealing a book from this ancient undead specter. And then after that, this this creepy ghost thing is kind of following you around periodically. But you can go into these villagers' dreams, and you're hunting for the golden trigon, which is kind of like the Triforce. I see why you um, like it then. The Triforce yes. from Legend of Zelda. Yes. Um, but it's it's actually not really like Zelda at all. Um, I'm playing it on my Mac, but it's also available on iPad, iPhone, and Android and Windows. Um, and you can tell that the designs were kind of... Uh, it's designed for a touch screen, so a lot of, like, in order to walk across the screen, I have to click at where I want the main character to walk instead of using the arrow keys. Um, but it's been very cool. The dialogue is really interesting and has great personality. Um, yeah, and I'm at a part of the game right now where I have to wait for the real-world lunar cycle to complete. So it's like using a clock to mm. slow me down. Oh, my gosh. So when the, when the moon is full, I'll be able to do the next mission. <laughs> yeah. So that's... But that's something I loved about Animal Crossing. And I know you could cheat your way around that, but when I was playing uh, yeah. Wild World on the DS, I totally did not cheat. I literally played that thing for a year, 
trying to catch all the bugs and all the fish and all the wow. everything. Now I, you should explain what Animal Crossing is. Animal because... Crossing is uh, a series of games from Nintendo uh, where you are a little villager and you live amongst a bunch of animals uh, who mm. have their own wonderful personalities. And uh, I actually got attached to some of my villagers in Wild World because they, they try to move out. You know, periodically, mm-hmm. and I would be like, "Don't move out. Here's some gifts. Don't move out. Here's some gifts." <laughs> yeah, that, I, I thought it was sad. for kids, but a lot of grownups play. Oh it. yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. it's really kind of addictive, almost like it's very laid back. It is. Um, yeah, it's got it's very friendly and it has a good presence. Uh, so you're just sort of running errands for all your villagers. Yeah. Nintendo just announced a new Animal Crossing game that's a little different. It's called Animal Crossing Happy Home Decorator. I think. And, um, <laughs> instead of focusing on running the errands and maintaining your whole village, what you're going to do is you help other uh, townsfolk um, with interior design of their houses, basically. Nice. So it kind of brings in that element from The Sims. I'm actually really looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, and one of the, in the original Animal Crossing, you could get little furniture and stuff that you could put in your own mm-hmm. house. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great game. I remember playing the first one on the GameCube. And was also on the all the bugs, all the fish, yeah. all the everything hunt. And <laughs> the one bug that was really hard to catch, and that was the bee. Because you had to go up to the tree where there was a hive and shake it. And then <laughs> catch the bee while he was trying to sting you. And it was really fast and just really, really hard to do. I and would never, ever get through that because I would be yeah. so frightened of the bee. So <laughs> I have this... T- wonderful, terrible story about that and that I finally caught it. Like, I've been trying, 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 trying forever. I finally caught it and our power went out before I was no able to no. say Yes. Uh, I cried. I God. literally <laughs> cried. Oh, like, I was like, oh my God. Uh, I feel like that, that, that struggle is so real and so many gamers have experienced it at least once in their life and yeah. can tell you that that's like, that's the worst feeling ever. <laughs> R.I.P. <Yeah>. Nicole. <laughs> yeah, as if it wasn't bad enough to have Mr. Rossetti, who's this little groundhog who yells at you if you don't save your game properly. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad enough to have him show He's up. He's a guilt tripper, all right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so oh Animal gosh. Crossing, though, is is a great game for kids. It's a great game for all ages. Yeah, so. and what the... The clock thing that Nicole was referencing earlier, Animal Crossing pays attention to what time and date it is in the real world. So if you play in the middle of the night, it'll be the middle of the night in the game and the villagers will be asleep and they won't talk to you. And the holidays. Yeah. Or if you're like me and you leave for months at a time and then come back to the game, (laughs) they'll be like, wow, I haven't seen you for 287 days. (laughs) (laughs) Where have you been, Courtney? Yeah. Yeah. And that was uh, something that was... That was functional in the first GameCube version, and which was really exciting at the time because Nintendo 64 did not have that ability. Yeah, no. Um, anyway, so the GameCube was an awesome console. Yeah. Underrated. When uh, did that come out? 1920? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Simone's very lucky that she's sitting across the room. <laughs> I think it was 2001. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah, like it was... 2000, 2001. Yeah. I was um, definitely... Yeah, I don't want to tell everybody how old no. I was. No, no one wants say. to talk about that. I was definitely somewhere. That, that was the first console that I bought for myself with my own money. Oh. Um, which was a big deal. So That's really nice. cool. I didn't have to share with my sister. How did you earn that money? Uh, I saved up over a long – I got it way after it came out, and okay. it was it was way marked down. I got it right after the Wii came out, so they were really oh. cheap. Oh, okay. So. so those old consoles now, does anyone know how much they cost? Because they're pretty fun to – play if you can find them yeah gosh um i don't know how much a a gamecube would run you um sometimes old stuff is super cheap and sometimes it's really expensive and it sort of depends on how available it is like for a while nintendo 64s you could find one for 15 dollars at gamestop but now it'll run you a lot more than that yeah i know that there are parents who are nostalgic about their game consoles and they want to play all the games and all the game consoles with their kids. I had so many people come up to me at Emerald City Comic Con last weekend and tell me, oh, yeah, we're going to go through all of the Legend of Zelda games, starting with the very first one. And I'm like, that's going to take you 10 years. (laughs) It'll be a great experience. But One thing that's very cool about the Wii U is it has what's called the virtual console, Mm -hmm. where you can actually download these old games and play them on your Wii U. So you can play the original Legend of Zelda game without going out and finding an NES. And it only costs like $4. Um, So that's an awesome experience. That's definitely something that Nintendo is way ahead of Sony and Microsoft on. I mean, they're starting to catch up a little bit. But Mm -hmm. 
There are beloved games out there that people want to play again. There's a big problem with archiving games. Like so many since the consoles and all the technology go out of date so frequently, I think that there is a big problem with um, preserving really old games, especially PC games that I've been reading about lately. Uh, I also just found out that the GameCube, you can buy it on Amazon for like $37. So (laughs) take advantage of that. Go do it right now. Some early versions of the Wii are also compatible with GameCube games. So if you Mm -hmm. own a Wii, you should try to find out if you can play GameCube games on it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. For sure. Uh, Yeah. Um, So we've got a conference coming up that Pixelkin will be participating in. Uh, in the sense that we will have a table in their vendor fair. And it's it's a conference all for moms. It's called MamaCon. It takes place here in the Seattle area. It's in Bellevue, yes, I believe. Um, so, Linda, do you want to talk about what MamaCon is? I have not been to MamaCon yet, but I'm really looking forward to finding out what it's like. Um, I know that it's sort of a mom's day out kind of concept. And they have a lot of different speakers, um, one of whom is Amy Lang, who's also one of the organizers. And she's really amazing. She is. She has this whole um, kind of thing that she does. It's called Birds Plus Bees Plus Kids, which is all about how to talk to your children about sex. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which is a very touchy subject for lots of parents. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. And I saw her speak a couple years ago at my mom's club and – you know, she's a great speaker, but she also had some really valuable information that you don't think about. Right. Like how, you know, you should probably be talking to your kids about this stuff at like age four or five. Mm-hmm. And that is because if they know what is right and what is wrong, they're less likely to be a victim of right. sexual assault. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the webinars of hers that I watched was talking about online safety and yeah. sex and how um, – uh, you know, in the 90s, I have to say, I think my kids got exposed possibly to some stuff on the Internet just because we weren't aware of what right. of what was there and we didn't understand about filters and we weren't talking about those things. And I think it's really important now as it was then to talk to your kids about that. And she was she did a great job explaining all that. Yeah, she's a fabulous speaker. And mm-hmm. so – She'll be speaking at MamaCon, at least in some capacity. Um, but then there are lots of other speakers on various topics about parenting. I think there's a lot of swag. <laughs> Do we get swag as tableists? Mm. Tableists. I don't know if there's anything that you, that you guys would find very Excuse helpful. you. Like, it's free. Well, they probably have hand lotion. I'm a millennial. <laughs> I will take anything. Yeah, I have no idea exactly what the swag uh, is like. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, if there are moms listening to this, it's a very small conference. Like it's only about 200 people and the tickets sell out really, really fast. Right. But but we're going because we want to reach out to an audience that we're not normally um, Mm -hmm. around, which is a more general audience of moms um, and to explain what we're doing and why it's important. And um, because normally we're at a place like Emerald City Comic Con or Mm -hmm. Geek Girl Con where everyone is kind of on our side of the fence already. Right. Yeah, yeah, we're preaching to the choir there. Yeah, yeah. So this will be a good opportunity to hopefully change minds yeah. in a in a positive and healthy mm-hmm. way and educate, or maybe just inspire people. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, so that takes place in May in Bellevue, and the website for that is mamacon.com. So another cool thing that we do at Pixelkin uh, is if you sign up for a free membership from us, which gets you a newsletter and our ebook. And newsletter, we promise we won't spam you. Um, you can also have a consultation with uh, Pixelkin editors. Where you can ask us anything. Hey. Anything. Anything um, about thing. games and game <laughs> consoles. No, we're not going to like help you with your failing marriage or any of that <laughs> stuff. Well, you know, no. after Jerry Bonner's article, we might be completely oh, gosh. to that. Uh, Jerry wrote this fabulous article for us about how The Sims saved his marriage. Um, mm-hmm. We don't want to joke about it because it's a very serious. It was article, very, but yeah. very uh, inspiring as well. So um, maybe if someone asks us about that, we can just point them. Yeah. To that yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, so mostly um, we're going to give you advice about games, and we got our first request for one Yay. in the last couple of weeks, which we were super Yay. happy about. Um, and Good it was, question. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a dad who was asking uh, which next gen console he should buy, and he had a daughter who was three, and uh, since my daughter is. 
also three. Um, I actually suggested to him that a console might not be the best thing for her. Maybe you should just get an iPad because yeah. at that age, it's really hard for a kid to manipulate like a controller. Like they can mm-hmm. push a button, but that's probably mm-hmm. about it iPad, super easy to use. And then you have that direct kind of interaction with the screen and they can really see how their actions affect things and kind of yeah. work on their motor motor skills Find that motor way. skills and also learn how to manipulate things. Yeah. My daughter, uh, I have two folders on my iPad, one for games and there's one for Anna's apps. You know, well, I have more folders than that, but those are the two that mm-hmm. main ones. She managed to move Plants vs. Zombies, which she calls Plantsies and Zombies, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> she managed to move that out of my games folder and into her folder because we let her play it a little bit when we were on vacation and she just fell in love with it. Oh and it's not gosh. an objectionable game by any means. The Very zombies cartoony. are cute. Yeah, she just likes watching it. But the fact is we kind of use that as a treat. Like she gets to play Plants vs. Zombies when she's been really good or something like that. Otherwise, it's like raiding the cookie jar. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Which yeah, is she moved a time-honored it, activity. She moved it into her folder and wow. I was she's, <laughs> she's an amazing child. I'm just like, you're Very precocious. three. You're not supposed to be allowed to do this. What else can you do that I don't even know about? You know? Oh, it's like lots when I, of stuff. Yeah. It's like when I caught my cat opening the door to like, the closet. Like, yeah. You can reach the doorknob. Yeah. What are you doing? Children are just like cats. I'm so yeah. sorry. That was an awful thing for me to say. No, no, it's fine. I have dogs, and this is, I have the same thing. Like, they open, like, one just figured out how to open all the doors. So door to the laundry room. Oh, my gosh. Where the food is. Door to the bathroom. You know, My you... little cockapoo is really dumb compared to your dog. <laughs> <laughs> he will never open a door. I am sure of just that. Just wait for Anna to get in cahoots with the dogs, and she'll be, like, directing them and going full, right. full yeah. salt on your Right house. now she doesn't really care for them very much. She never wants them beside her or anything. But Aww. I think that's going to change when she realizes she can use them as a tool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Her minions. Yeah, <laughs> the exactly. So um, if you're looking for a consultation with us, you can sign up for a free membership. But if you just have a question, you can send it to hello at pixelkin.org, and uh, we will get back to you as soon as we can. Yeah. So before we close, let's talk about what we're all looking forward to in the next week or so. Ah. Uh. I, I'm working on a really cool video right now about how to make um, a real-life Angry Birds game. So I got to do arts and crafts and go outside and have fun with Courtney in the sun. And uh, that video is going to be up on uh, Monday, a Monday, a certain Monday at the end of <laughs> April, the last Monday of April. And uh, I'm really excited for that to go out. Yeah, and you and Courtney have been doing some fabulous and entertaining Let's Plays, which is so much fun. a video of other people playing a video game. And so mm-hmm. Simone and Courtney do these and apparently scream at each other from what I know. Simone does all the screaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally always screaming. I don't even notice it. I was playing a board game with my friends the other night and we had a really good dice roll and I just like let out this shriek and everyone's suddenly like, it's 11 p.m., Simone. You have to be quiet. And I was like, what? That, that was loud? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> no one ever I'm taught. out of control. No one ever taught someone about indoor voices. <laughs> I forgot all about indoor voice as soon as I was 18, Courtney, and I was free. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what about the rest of us? I am looking forward to working on the story about Minecraft. Um, and my challenge is to explain Minecraft to someone who doesn't know anything about video games or um, I'm thinking like my great-grandmother, if he, if she were still alive, could understand the story about Minecraft. Yeah. Because I think every parent I talk to has kids, if they're um, in grade school, middle school, even early-ish high school. They all play Minecraft. They all play yeah. Minecraft. They love Minecraft. Um, they learn a lot from Minecraft. And many of the parents are completely mystified by why they love it so much and they don't understand how to play it. And so what we're going to do is um, have Simone teach one of these mystified dads, um, Curtis Friedenberg, Mm -hmm. whose son loves Minecraft, how to play from the ground up. Mm. This is how you hold a controller. (laughs) I'm so excited for this. I get to make like a lesson plan and we're going to build a house and then I'm going to make a challenge for him and his son to do together and uh, see – See what happens. See who wins. 
I, I'm kind of torn whether it should be like a competitive thing, like have them race, or whether I should have them build something together. Maybe both. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's a good step idea. by step. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I am looking forward to finishing the planning for my daughter's birthday party, <laughs> which is going to take up the entirety of next week. Oh, my um, gosh. It's a also, big one. It is. Um, you know, I was never a crafty person ever in my life until I started planning my daughter's birthday parties. And I always like – okay, for her first birthday, there wasn't a lot to do. She's like, we're not – she's never going to remember this, so whatever. But last, her last birthday, I started to go a little – Little more full into the craft oh, that stuff. Pac Man. Um, oh, that was her first birthday. That was her first birthday. That was her first was birthday. So cool. What yeah. did you do for her second birthday? <laughs> we had a whole uh, Daniel Tiger theme. If you, we've got moms of preschoolers out there, Daniel Tiger, uh, or actually anybody, but let me explain it. Daniel Tiger is the Daniel Tiger from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, which I watched oh. growing up. So, um, it's actually the son of the Daniel Tiger. They're both named Daniel. But all of those characters from the original Mr. Rogers Neighborhood have had kids, preschoolers. They all go to school together. So it's a super cool show. Um, yeah. So she loves that show. So I went all out with that. I made the cake. I made a little the little trolley track that they do in that, put some toys on top of it. Um, and then I made like these little gift boxes that look like trolleys for all of the kids oh to take home. Oh, my gosh. And this year, <laughs> this year we're going even further because it's a Wally party because that's what she loves now. And uh, so I got flower pots for the kids to decorate. That's the easy part. But we're having a scavenger hunt uh, where I am making 20 little um, – not 20, 40. 40 oh my, little oh gosh. garbage cubes. If you've seen Wally, you know that he t- compresses all the garbage and makes cubes out of it. So uh, – <laughs> And they're going to have – I'm going to have a scavenger hunt for the kids. So, you know, they're going to look through and find all these the, – most of them will have toys in them. But one of them will have the little boot with the plant coming out of it, which, again, I, I sculpted myself out of clay. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's crazy. Like – I have one caveat for you, Nicole, oh, yeah. <laughs> which is at about – 11 or 12, if you have set the bar so high already <laughs> and you have to one-up yourself every year, my goodness, what are even, you? <laughs> I know. I just like, because this year has been pretty intense and I'm like, oh my God. But you, you're having fun, I can tell. I am. It yeah. is It is fun. It's fun until it's like the day before and I still have all this crap that I have to do. Um, but uh I Bring work- it to the office. We'll all work on it. Okay. Oh, that'll be fine. <laughs> I was yeah. working on the boxes last night, and I realized I only have nine more to do, so I'm almost there. Oh, um, nope. So, but game-related, um, <laughs> uh, Child of Light was uh, free for Xbox Gold users, so we just downloaded that on Xbox One, and I'm hoping to get to start to play that soon. That's supposed to be a beautiful yeah. game. Yeah. You guys oh. highly recommend it, right? Or was it just Keezy who uh, I it? haven't played it yet, yeah. but I want Keezy to. Keezy loved it. Uh, the story is a little light, but it's about a, it's a turn-based game about a princess who's trying to find her way home. And, of course, as she's on her journey home, she has to save the world. And so it's it's very, very aesthetically pleasing, like watercolor backgrounds and all that. And it's a story about a princess, which is really yeah. cool, who fights with a sword. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, regular princesses. No, totally yeah. not my thing. Disney princesses can. Well, I won't say where you they like can the go. warrior. And Nicole, <laughs> yeah. and I, Nicole and I will not get into this because I am a princess lover, but and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Courtney? Uh, I just downloaded uh, Tyranno Builder, which is oh. like a, oh, a right. virtual novel game maker software that's super easy. Um, last week I downloaded Unreal Engine because it was free and I spent five minutes on it and realized it was way too hard for me. <laughs> so then I bought this other game called, or it's not a game, it's a software called Tyranno Builder, which we did a piece on Pixelkin about it. And basically it lets you, um, you can drag and drop pictures for your characters or you can use the pictures that the game already comes with and then give them dialogue options and basically create an interactive story on your computer and it's really easy. Um, and I haven't gotten very far in it. Uh, I'm still in the tutorials, but it looks very mm. cool. And you end up with something that looks sort of like a comic book, right? Kind of graphic novel. It's sort of like picture every – you have a scene where you have a character that you're talking to and you go through this branch in conversation with them where you're choosing dialogue options. Yeah. And um, – Depending on the outcome of that conversation, something different will happen. You'll move to a new scene, sort of mm-hmm. like moving through a play almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah, so most RPGs have 
role-playing games, Western, specifically Western role-playing <laughs> games, as opposed to Eastern. That could be terrible for us to explain. So I'm just going to say right now, Western role-playing games such as Mass Effect or Dragon Age, those are very popular mm-hmm. games. You may have heard them floating around. But you have that type of thing in there where you can pick a dialogue option and make a choice, which leads to one way the story goes. And if mm-hmm. you choose another one, then it that story goes down a different path. It's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure novel, except right. you don't have to keep flipping around exactly. on the pages. Yeah. So as a as a writing exercise, it's really interesting because you have to think about what will change in your story based on what the player is going to do. And then how do you bring that back around to the place where you want the story to go? You know, How do you keep it to just maybe two endings or three endings when there's all these choices that are being made throughout the story? Yeah, yeah so. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to try to adapt a... A story that I started writing. Still working on that, Back huh? in 1932. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you were only 30 years old. Yes. yes. Nice. I was a young lady. <laughs> I'm looking forward to checking that software out, too, because I've been using Twine, mm-hmm. which is another software that lets you kind of create an interactive novel but without the art. Yeah. So um, Twine is great, too. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking that with having the pictures, I'll be a little more motivated. Yeah. To keep working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I found when I was starting mine, I was letting – I was having way too much uh, choices, way oh. too many choices. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And then like Twine, one thing that's great is it will show you everything in a flow chart, you know, so you can see which dialogue start- option goes where. And it gets I was getting this crazy like, oh my god, like, you know, two things here leads to five things here leads to 20 things here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah this yeah. is – You try to do a simple story and you very quickly have a have – a, Christmas tree of branching options. Yeah. It's very yeah. detailed. And- so is this new um, software something that kids could use? Uh, yeah, I is think it so. Simple enough? Um, it's it's incredibly straightforward. Definitely um, kids who uh, – there's, there's a lot of reading involved. Um, but, yeah. It's, middle school. You know what I would, it's pretty much drag and drop. Yeah. I would say it, definitely great for, like, middle school and up. If there's a younger kid who wants to use it, it might be cool to design the game with them on pen and paper and then yeah. maybe work with them a little bit. And then you'd still be able to do stuff yourself if they get bored and wander away. But, I mean, in the end, you could come out with a really cool finished story to go through with them. Yeah, and they don't have to be very long. Uh, yeah. And another you know great thing to keep in mind is that video games have been – for many years, a great motivator to teach kids to read, like Pokemon has sort of – I've heard from lots of different people mm-hmm. that they got – they learned reading from Pokemon back in the 90s or they had these One Game Boy – of my Boy- friend's yeah. sons absolutely learned to read from Pokemon. Yeah, because there's a lot of dialogue and uh, you want to keep playing the game so you're motivated to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Um, so keeping that in mind, uh, having these text-based adventures with your kids can be awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap things up for us. Again, Pixelkin, we hope that you will come visit our site, pixelkin.org, and we also have a YouTube channel where we do lots of great things. Um, (laughs) But we're a site aimed at parents and families, and we talk about video games. Uh, And we think video games are a good thing and that you should play them with your kids. Mm -hmm. And if you want to send us questions, feedback, anything at all, you can send that to hello at pixelkin.org. Or find us on Facebook or Twitter. Or find Twitter. us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we are everywhere, as is everybody else. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so thanks for listening to this pilot episode. We hope you like what you hear. This podcast was recorded in the studios at the Jack Straw Cultural Center in Seattle. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.